Are we ready to go, Rabbi Say? Today's Yeshua's birthday. Yeshua, come here for a gift from the Shir. Today's Shir is being sponsored by Yeshua Zeb and Miriam, otherwise known as Yeshua. Oh, good point. Today's Yeshua's 30th birthday. It's huge. Yeshua, without Yeshua, I would not be here today. He's my partner. He started out on day one with the first crew, Yeshua, I want to present to you this gift from the crew, from the whole Hebra. Happy birthday. If you want, you can open up right here. Or you know what? Just open up after share. It's even better. Today, Shear is being sponsored by a number of people. Not in any particular order. Mazel Tov to Simcha and Margie Gross on the birth of Peril Malka recently and Talevi and Malka Leibes on the birth of a boy Monday. Sponsored by the proud and thankful Zaidi. Official from official catering and Bubby Sarali Gross for their golden doves. By Dove Harris in memory of my grandmother, Hannah Bas Rebbe Yeshua Koyin. She was so proud of her grandchildren. By David Feinberg. The in-house statistician, in memory of Sidney Feinberg, Alexander Ben Elazar, whose yard set is today, Zion Tavis. It's unbelievable how you know how to read this stuff. Uh, could you see how I'm reading here? Who has three generations of MDY followers. Unbelievable. Three generations. And in honor of the completion of one year of this Dafyoimi cycle, tomorrow. Tomorrow is day 354. If there's 350, okay. Joseph Goldberg, Lunar. Rufu Shlema for Yaakov ben Basio. And for Yosef Chaim ben Chana Rezel, Chayasar Malka Basleo, Yaakov Kalman ben Esther. They should all have Rufu Shlema. And 
sponsor, Lurfur Shleima of Eitan Yor ben Dvora Esther. And in celebration of the 7th of Tevis, the last day of the first year of this cycle of Dafiyomi, which began on the 8th of Tevis, another prayer, I didn't even see this. May our learning today be as schush for Eitan's refuah, schush for Eitan's refuah. Alright, so you're not the only one that noticed this, David. And finally, by David Holder, Lilu Nishmas, Ovi Moiri, Yosef, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. What time is it? We are running out of time. I want to show you something beautiful. Rabbi, say thank you. This always warms my heart. When the Chevra act b'chesed. Kindness to one another. Here's a guy sitting in New York, in Muncie, New York. He's never met this person in his life, but he sees him every day on Shir and Zoom. This is one of the tzaddikim. I had no idea that he was 11 years old. Now I know that he just turned, yes, guys, thanks for mentioning it. Thank you, thank you. Such a Balchesed, unbelievable. I love you, Noam. This is Akiva Solway. And this is what he received yesterday. A gift from Mordechai Ashkenazi, from Muncie. So Mordechai's job is to make everybody happy, and he sends Slurpees to Yoel and different matanas and who knows what for, for uh, what? Sukkot, Sukkot he sent me a little money so I could put food on the table. He's a, he's a big Bach Chesed. Mordechai Ashkenazi. Here he is. But look at this stuff. So I get a commission, by the way, from Sweet Tooth. Anything you buy from Sweet Tooth, this stuff is phenomenal. I get a little cut. MDY cut. All right, so happy birthday, Akiva. And real quickly, last but not least, he sends out jackets to the Olam. He's, he's a big, he's a big, big part of this. Uncle Phil and him, Bezer Shem. Yeah, there's a little surprise from Uncle Phil. But uh, yeah. High Rebellion, the whole MDY team. I'll say this in short so you can read it on the sheer. I just wanted to wish you a big and late happy birthday. I also want, to, want the entire, uh, thank you for the entire, uh, to the entire, again. Also, a thank you to the entire island for sponsoring a full shlem for my Zaidi. Zaidi had a refuel shleim. He's very excited about it. He says it's in our honor. In addition, my father wants to say thank you for shouting him out in the middle of Shir. Lastly, you should come visit San Francisco and start the night Shir again. This is an actual email you would want to read, not on the Shir. Rebelli, I just want to thank you very much for what you have done for me. I'm not the best at learning Gemara, but when I found your Shir, it gave me joy and more ease in learning. Also, you probably know Rabbi Eliezer Langer was good friends with my Zaidi back when they both lived in San Francisco. When I have more time, I write more. Sincerely, Gedalia Saznik from San Francisco, not LA. No, I got Rishos from him to read the last part. All right, so Gedalia, we did it. We read your email finally. And we're very proud to have Gedalia. He's like a 15-year-old, I think, right? He's 15, Mordechai? He's 15. Comes on every single day and learns the da from San Francisco. 14. He's 14? 14. Wow. Okay, he looks like he's 17. Did you see the picture? Hold on, I gotta show you the picture. You tell me how old he looks like. He looks like a big boy. All right. 14 year old from San Francisco. Amazing. Raboy Sai, amazing, amazing sugi today. Uh, today's Daf Lamed Aleph. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, we, we have plenty of time. This is one of those sugis that takes only like four, 
What do you want to say? I'm in a base marriage. We don't have to, whatever. Leave all that stuff for these guys. Says the, so we had the mission yesterday. We'll say it real quickly. A guy, a non-Jew, lent a Jew money, and he took as collateral, he took the chametz. Now, we're going to see in the Gemara that it means that he literally gave it, the Jew gave him the chametz, so the, the non-Jew was holding on to the chametz. And we're also going to see that the Jew never paid back. We're also going to see one final thing that's very important is that the Jew said, I want this to be yours from now. So if you have all these three conditions, so after Pesach, it's a mutrbahana. In other words, the chametz that belonged to the Jew, he gave it to the non-Jew as collateral, so we consider it the non-Jews. Because it's by the non-Jews' possession. The Jew never ended up, ended up paying his loan. So it became the non-Jews. And therefore, after Pesach, you're allowed to benefit from it. Now, if you take the exact same case, but in reverse. But if the Jew was the one who lent money to the non-Jew, and he took the chametz of the non-Jew, and we view it as if it's the lender's, so the Jew has the non-Jews chametz in his possession the entire Pesach. And he said, Me'achshav, it should be yours from the beginning. We'll see that all the way at the end. And the non-Jew never paid his loan back, so it became the Jew. So it's as if the Jew owned this chametz for the entire Pesach. Achar Pesach, Itmar. In general, you have somebody that borrowed money. And he gives us collateral a piece of real estate, karka. So now, when the loan occurred on January 1st, and on January 1st, he says, hey, if I don't pay you back on May 1st, in the middle of the year, then you could have my field, you could have my house. And he didn't pay him back. When did the field or house become the lenders? On January 1st? Or May 1st. He said it in January 1st. He only became chayev, chayev on May 1st because he didn't pay. He could have paid back with cash, but he didn't. So what did it become his? Abayi says, we look at it as if the lender owned this field from the beginning. Retroactive. And Rava says, no, only from this point on. What does Rava say? Only from this point on it's yours. And that's today's sugya. From this point on. However, Rava admits that the lender has something with this field, so therefore, if the borrower who gave his field as collateral to the lender, but it's not the lender's yet because the borrower, ha the borrower has the option to pay back. But he goes, the borrower goes and gives it away. He sells it. He gives it to Hegdish. Did he have the right to do so? No. Because it's mortgaged to the lender. When you have a mortgage, you have a lien on the property, you don't have the right to go sell it to anybody else. 
So what do you do? Even Rava, who says it only becomes yours on May, on May, May 1st, all the way at the end, when he doesn't pay back and the lender has no recourse, so he goes and grabs the property, yet if, he, if the borrower gives that property to Beis Hamikdash on January 2nd, he has no right to do so. Vasimalvil Parik comes the Malva and takes it away from Beis Hamikdash. Explains Rashi that Allah walk over to the Beis Hamikdash or walk into the field and make it his own. The Beis Hamikdash never owned it for a second. Why? Because the Loiva, the borrower, had no right to give it to the Beis Hamikdash. He had no right to sell it to, to Pliny Almighty. So therefore, it was never the Beis Hamikdash. Just, we don't want people to say that this guy just walked into the Beis Hamikdash and took away a property without anything. So the Malva goes and gives the Beis Hamikdash one dollar. You could be paida hegdish even bimashu, halachically, midiraisa. So he's paida the field with one dollar. The loyva will now owe him $100,000 plus one dollar. Great. And then he takes the field. Okay, we're not going to get into that. The point is he can retrieve his field. That's not the problem. This not. He adds one dollar, one dinner to the Beis HaMikdash just to show, so people don't say that you could grab something from Beis HaMikdash without being pointed. Although in this case, you don't have to be pointed. People shouldn't talk. We see again this idea that people shouldn't talk. Okay, keep leaking. So where is there a contention between Rav and Abaya? What happened? The lender gave money to the borrower, and the borrower in return said, here's my house as a mortgage. If I never pay you back, you can take my house. Goes the, the, bar, the, lender, goes the lender and sells his house. Right then and there. That next day, he goes and sells the house. He had, he had no right to sell the house. He goes and he gives the house to Beis Hamikdash. And then, when May 1st comes around, he regrets it. He says, I want cash. I, I sold my collateral to, to Beis Hamikdash. I gave it away to Beis Hamikdash. I didn't have the right to. Now I want my million dollars back. When the, the lender went ahead and took the collateral and gave it away or sold it before the loan was due. Abaye says, well, it was the lenders all the way from the beginning, retroactively it was his, and he had the right to sell it, and he had the right to give it to the base Give the mother's money, and since the time came, and, he, and the borrower never paid back, now it became known retroactively, the Mikar it was always in the possession of the lender, and therefore he had the right to give it to Beis HaMikdash, and he doesn't have the right to go be goi the chayv from the loyva. He can't get cash for it. That's it. It's over. V'shaper Akdish, V'shaper Zavin. It was a great hegdish, great sale. Then, then there's no retroactive. It's only when we know that he doesn't pay, the Gemara says. He didn't pay. Then it's retroactive. If he paid, then everything's great. Then he had no right to give it to the Beis HaMikdosh. It's not the Beis HaMikdosh.
Forget about when you gave the loan. It's only from this point on, from May 1st. Yes? The loiva, the loiva has to pay back the malva, I said. The malva goes and, and pays, and, 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 and the loiva owes him that, that buck. Does, does have to have oh, you're saying in this case, you're saying in this case, when the malva, I hear, I guess, I guess, you know, somebody has to do it. And then the malva would owe to the loiva. Yeah, you can't just go to, to Hegdish and take it. Virova Omar Goiva. From this point on, Kivin Dilo Havale Zuzi have a Mesalik Liba Zuzi. What are you talking about? If he had cash, he could pay back the loan. So the Malva has no right to this property at all. It's only a backup. If he doesn't pay, then he gets it. But if he pays, he doesn't. So what are you selling it? What are you giving it away? Comes out that just this minute, when he didn't pay, I'm just looking what I wrote here. Okay, let me show that. We have too much to say today. Okay, so just from this point on. And now the Gemara asks a bomb kasha. This is one of these questions that when I said this over to, to certain people, it was very difficult to grasp because it's a seven step, seven step uh, story. Seven steps happened here. So first of all, I just want to start off real quickly. I don't know if, I don't remember when, when and where I said this. I remember saying it at the night share. The story about my RV. Did I say it here in the day share? The, 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 there's another part of the RV. The rugs. When did I say the rugs? I told you. Did I tell? I said it many times. What? Say it again, real quickly, just because it's, it's interesting to this thing. I bought an RV because I promised my kids I'm going to take them on an RV trip and I couldn't find an RV to rent. So I paid $26,000 for that RV. I drove it to New York and back and never used it again. And it sat in front of my house for two years. My wife complained every day. And then I tried to, I moved it to one of my properties. I moved it to another property. It was the biggest pain ever. And I tried to sell it and nobody wanted to buy it. And I went down to $20,000 and the, the 15. Uh, and my wife used to make fun of me. Uh, you lost this, this. Such a loss, loss, loss. You always say you make money in real estate. Uh, lost. Fine. Finally, I decided, let me use my real estate cup and let me renovate it. If I renovate it, maybe somebody's going to want it. So I renovated it. I called up the guy that does all my carpets and my tile. I said, come here. I need you to install a new carpet in this disgusting uh, RV's carpet. So he rips out the carpet, puts a new one. And as he's putting it in, I go to visit him to see what it looks like. And he says, why are you putting a new carpet? I said, I want to sell the RV. He says, how much do you want for it? I said, 15000 He said, I'll give you eight. I said, eight? What are you crazy? I paid twenty-six. He says, eight. So I said, okay, deal. She says, but I don't have any money. <laughs> I said, great, take it. So he's going to install carpets and tiles without paying me a dime, and that's it. And what happened was, a big nace happened, that after a year, he comes to me and says, okay, I finished installing all the carpets and the tile. So I, told, uh, I asked the bookkeeper just to be sure that he didn't rip me off. And it turns out that he gave me $50,000 worth of tile and carpet. $50,000. Then he said, okay, that's it. That's enough. So I went back to my wife. Anyways, fine. What happened here is a crazy Misa. Seven steps. I showed this to my 14-year-old. He got it. He repeated this word for word. I'm not saying my 14-year-old is a great guy. But I showed it to another 19-year-old that 
whatever. There's only seven steps here. Step number one is, I'm going a little bit out of order of the Gemara, but this is to, in order to understand this, I have to see. Levi lent Ruvain money. Ruvain is the main character of the story. Levi lent money to Ruvain. And Ruvain has a house, a piece of karka, real estate, and it's collateral to this loan. This guy Levi could go collect from this house. Ruvain goes and sells his house to Shimon. Now Shimon doesn't have money. And Shimon says, I love your house. I bu- he buys the house. When it comes to pay, he says, I don't have money. So now Shimon owes Ruvain all the money that the house costs. The Chazinish sticks in here that he did make some sort of kinyin. You have to say he made a kinyin. He gave him a dollar. The house became his. But he owes him a million dollars. Okay? I just made it like he doesn't have money. Fine. Just to... So Ruvain, Shimon owes Ruvain. Ruvain owes this guy. Now, what the trick is over here, that when he sold, when Ruvain sold the house to Shimon, it's be'achrayus. Full warranty. Even though Shimon didn't pay a dime for it, it came with a warranty that if somebody like Levi comes and grabs the house, Ruvain will pay Shimon back for the house. Okay? We got that? Nachamol. Levi lent money to Ruvain. Ruvain sold his house to Shimon. Shimon owes money to Ruvain. But Ruvain sold the house to Shimon with an achrayas that if Levi comes and takes the house, Ruvain will pay him back the cash. Step number four, Levi goes back to Shemayim. He dies. Ruvain, Ruvain, Ruvain dies. Sorry, Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Comes Levi and goes to collect the house. Because Ruvain owes him money. He goes to collect the house. Shimon likes the house. So instead of paying Ruvain or Ruvain's kid, he goes and he pays Levi. He figures it's a normal deal. I owe money to Ruvain, and Ruvain owes money to Levi. Let me go directly pay Levi. Let him, I don't want to lose my house. It's a beautiful neighborhood. I want to live there. So Shimon goes and pays Levi. Comes the Yasaim, the Yasaimim, and they tell Shimon, pay up. You owe us money. You had no right to go and pay Levi. We don't owe Levi anything. Our father died, and when our father dies and he doesn't leave us any real estate to pay back his debt, we don't owe anybody any money. So why did you go and pay Levi? Who told you to go pay Levi? Pay us. Atkan is good? No? Which part? He says no. Ruvain dies, and Levi, Ruvain owes Levi money. So Levi doesn't know what to do. He goes first to the little guy. The little guy says, get out of here. I don't have any money. So he goes to Shimon, who bought the house from Reuben. He says, give me the house. The house is a collateral to my loan. So Shimon doesn't want to lose the house. So Shimon pays him off. Shimon anyways owes a million dollars on the house. Now he got money. He put a, a contract on Reuben or whatever it is, some insurance policy. Now he has money. So instead of paying Reuben's children, because he owes Reuben's children money, he goes and he pays Levi, who Reuben owes all that money to. And now the children come and say, Shimon, you never paid our father back. So he says, I did. I paid his debt. They said, no. That debt, we never had to pay. Once he dies, we didn't have to pay it because you only pay when there's real estate. And he didn't leave us any other real estate. And the money that you owe, that you owe us. That's the story. Let's see it inside. And what does this have to do with the Gemara? Oh, there's only a few more steps after this. Did this help, Ruben?
Okay. We, I had no idea what to do last night. Like, how do you put seven steps into... Okay. If it helped, Baruch Hashem. Umi Omer Rav HaHachi. Vomer Rav Ha'in Bachama, Ruvain, Shemachar, Sada L'Shim in the Gemara starts from over here. Ruvain sells a sada or a house to Shimon, and he takes full responsibility that if a debt, a debt, what is it called, a debtor, uh, a who? A debtor. If there's a, no, the human being that he owes money to, the debtor, something like that, comes and wants his money back, it's a hazachrayis. He'll pay it. Uzak milva. That's the guy that bought the RV. He, by the way, I also had a, a chayv. I owed my kids a trip. I couldn't, so I paid back. I, I went to, and I bought it. He took a loan out on the house. From who? From, it's like a owner finance, whatever it's called. He has no money. He owes Ruvain money. And then Ruvain dies. So Levi, right over here, that Ruvain owes money to, comes directly and grabs the money from Shimon. So Shimon doesn't want to lose his house, so he pays Levi with cash. The is that these little guys, the Yisayimim, the children of Ruvain, they come and they tell Shimon, you owe my father in cash. That cash would never have made it, it never made its way from here to here because cash doesn't go to debt after the person dies. Now, says Rabbi, we'll say this about Pet real quick. If this guy is smart, what he does is, he has a trick. Instead of him paying twice, which would be really bad, he ended up paying Levi. So what he could do is, he could take the house that he bought from Ruvain and give it back to the children. They're coming and they're collecting. They say, you owe us a million dollars. So so he'll tell them, okay, instead of a million dollars, I'll give you the property. It's mortgaged. I'll give it back to you. And then a second later, he'll go to the kids and say, you owe me a million dollars. Because now you have real estate. When, when they don't have real estate, they don't owe anybody money. But now you have real estate. Real estate, your father owes me money. There was an achrayis. The, look, he sold it with an achrayis. And now the, I'm coming to collect the achrayis. I'm coming to collect. You don't have money? You do. You have a million dollar house. Give it, to, give it back to me. Says the Gemara, that only works... If it's retroactive, if I could go all the way back to the beginning. But if the Yisoyim just got the house now, what if the Yisoyim won a lottery? They don't have to give any, anybody money back. If they won a house in the lottery, they have to start paying back the, the father's chayv? No. They just won a house in the lottery because it just came after the father died. You see from here, because Rava says this trick, from the fact that Rava says this trick, you see that they owned the house from the beginning. It goes retroactive all the way back to when the debt occurred. Otherwise, it wouldn't be their house to give away to somebody else. Nachama. Levi comes to Shimon and says, Reuben owes me money. So Shimon pays Levi. Then Shimon goes and gives the house back to the Yisoyimim. 
So when did this house become the Yisoyimim? You hear Ruvain? When did this house become the Yisoyimims? This second? That are, that's already too late. That's after the father died. Shimon cannot come and collect the house that the Yisoyimim got after the father died. We must say that this house is retroactive all the way from the beginning to the Yisoyimim, to the, to the state of the dead person. Forget the Yisoyimim. If Shimon is smart, he should pay the land and then go back and grab it from the Yisayim. If they didn't have any, listen what happened. A father dies, you could, uh, you could, uh, could zoom out a shtickle, maybe. You gotta wake up. You gotta start listening to the stream, my friend. Yeah, okay, what's step six? Mm. Okay, so, Yisoyimim, who who, whose father died, right? That's why they're Yisoyimim. And he didn't leave them anything. And then they find out, they realize that somebody owes their father a house. And they the guy, they come, they collect, and they get a, a house. After the father died. Now the Yisraelim have real estate that came because of the dead person. So use that real estate to pay back debt. If they have a million dollars in the bank, they don't have to pay anything. It's metaltal, it's cash. But if they have real estate, even though the real estate, they only received the real estate after the death of the father, they have to, they have to use it to pay back debt. So if you say that everything happens retroactive, that's why Shimon, right over here, could go and retrieve this field back from them. This house actually was the father's. When the father's alive. But if we view it from here on out, when you don't pay the, the debt, then the house became his. Why do they have the right to take it? It's as if they received a brand, a house that had no connection to anything. It's brand new. If they have a brand new house, what, all of a sudden they have to pay back all their father's debt? No. Real quickly. Today. That you do have to pay back all debt with cash. So don't, don't be a big chach and put all your cash into real estate and say, oh, there goes my debt. The Ga'inim made a takana that you, could, that you have to pay back all chayvas, even milval peh. There's no shtar, nothing. These are to pay back from, from, the, uh, from the estate, from whatever the father left them over. Obviously, you don't have to pay your father's debt, not you, a father's debt, if the father didn't leave any money. You only pay debt from money that's left over Birusha, from something that's left over Birusha. That's you only have to do when the father pays for it. If the father tells you, I want you to go over there, okay, I want you to do this, make sure that if you want, you can pay from out of your pocket. But if it costs you money, he has to pay. So it always has to come from the father, even in Kibbutz Aveim and in Yerusha. There was a Misa, the Brisk I don't have stories from Misa. A guy came. The Bruce Grove said, my father wants me to come from, go from Yeshiva and visit him. But he's a big chacham, because he knows the halacha, that only if the father pays. So he said, but my father didn't pay for my, my train ticket, so I'm not going. 
So the Briscoe said, no, you have to go. You have to walk. You want to be comfortable and, and, and ride in a train? So pay by yourself. Your chiv is to get there. Okay, fine. Nish for now. Then we can go on to what Rabbi uh, Reb Asher Weiss told uh, Noam Fix. V'chulu. Okay, fine. Different time. Shani Hasam, Domeluchu, Domeluchu, Kehlim, Shta. Oh, says the Gemara, Shani Hasam, Domeluchu. No, that's different. R- Rav agrees that's Mikan Laaba. No question. It's from here on out. Not, you don't go retroactive. So, how does Shimon have a Taina here? Shani Hasam, Domeluchu, Kehlim, Shta. Bano, Leila, Vuchoin, Mishta Banenami, Lebachoiv, Da Vuchoin, Midrebinosan. Just like I owe your father from the same place your father owes me. I owe you guys, you, you him, I owe you money for the house. But your father also took responsibility on it. So from the same place, I'm going to take it back from you. Mid the Rebbe Nassim. The famous Shibuddha the Rebbe Nassim. What's Shibuddha the Rebbe Nassim? Very simple. If he lent money to him, and he lent money to him, so he could go directly to him and, and take the loan. You could skip the middleman, says Reb Nassim. The time Reb Nassim Oimer, one person owes A owes B and B owes C. A goes directly to C. Talmud Loimer, how do you know this? Vinasan Lasher Osham Loi. Osham Loi means the one who owns the Karen, says Rashi. It should say a different Lashem. So we learn from that, you can go directly to where the actual loan is. You go to the source, you can skip, skip the middleman. Now what does all this have to do with our sugya? Because we learned in our Mishnah. So you have a non-Jew who lent money to a Jew. And the Jew said, look at this chum, it's piled up in my own house, in the Jew's house. Now we don't know yet that it's in the guy's house. So the Jew says, you want to collect? Take this chametz. You're allowed to benefit from it. Now, if it goes retroactive, now I understand why it's mutabano. Because retroactively, it was the guys from day one. I was in the Yid's, in the Yid's house, but it, was, it belonged to the guy. But if you say it goes from this point on, so then... It was the Jews' chametz the whole Pesach. It was in Jews' house. It was the Jews' chametz. He owns it. So it should be also by not. It's chametz shavala Pesach. Says the Gemara, Amai Mutabano, Bershus of the Israel Abakai. Hachim Mayaskinon. And here's condition number one, says the Gemara, Kishirinoi Etzloi. That's why we explained the Mishnah that the Jew not only said, This is your collateral, but the Jew took the collateral and gave it to the non Jew. It was in the non Jew's house the entire Pesach. So yes, it, it's owned by the Jew, but it was in the non-Jew's possession, and now all he had to do is collect it. Perhaps this is Machlech Tanoi. what? Now, the second case in the Mishnah, that a Jew lent money to a non-Jew, and... Lachar Pesach, Eino Yoiver. Are you talking to the Shir? Are you talking to yourself? Who are you talking to? 
Oh, really? Yeah, you're back. I was going to tell my... How long were we out for? Huh? Let me get that note. Yisrael Shilva Lenachal Chametzoi. So you didn't miss anything. So the second case in the Mishnah where a Jew lent a guy and the guy gave the Chametz to the Jew. So he's not over. Now this is not like our Mishnah. This is like our Mishnah. That what? Since the Jew has possession of the Chametz, Yes, it's owned by the guy, but it was in the possession of the Jew. It's not Chomet Shavu Lepesach. He's over on Chomet Shavu Perhaps this is the Machlokes. The Mar Sova Remeir holds Lumafrei Ugoiva. You could retroactive it. Umar Sova Mekano Laba Goiva. According to Remeir, retroactively it's the Jews from day one. Therefore, you're over. According to to to, to the others, the Tanakama, it's not retroactive. Vitisbara. Well, if that's the case, same as Seifa. The Seifa is exactly like the Reish of our Mishnah. But if the guy lent the Jew money, and he took Chometz from the Jew as collateral, Whoa, you're over, but wait a minute. It's in the possession of the guy, why are you over? It should be the opposite of the Reisha. It's according to the Danakamo that... If you lend the, if you, if the Yisrael lent money, he's not over. So over here, he should be over. It's the exact reverse. The Jew, the Jew lending a guy is the reverse of a guy lending a Jew. Ella, we're turning to the Flamet Aleph, Omid Beis, Hachemai Eskinon, Kigoin, Shehirinoi, Etzloi. No. The Chometz was in position, possession, possession of the Jew of the guy. It was always talking about it. It was in, they had possession. The lender had possession of the mashkin. They give it to Rabbi Yitzchak. And Yitzchak. When a lender receives collateral, it becomes his, says Rashi, his to the point that if something happens to it, he has to pay for it. So, if a poor person borrows money from a wealthy person, and the poor person gives the wealthy person his pajamas, his, his night clothing, so the, the, there's a mitzvah in the Torah for the wealthy person to give back the pajamas every single evening. But the Torah calls it tzedakah. You're doing it from your own money, you're giving. It doesn't say chesed. It's yours. Meaning, you see from here that it's literally yours, and you give it back to him. Says over here that you see from Akash gives us back every single day, he gives us back our neshama. So we too should give back the poor person his belongings. Tanakama Sovar, there's many, many things on this Gemara time. Tanakama Sovar, when the Yisrael lent money to the guy. That's only when there's a Jew involved here. You do chesed with a Jew, you get the masking from the Jew, it's yours. The Jew doesn't buy, he doesn't, this mitzvah of the doesn't apply to a guy. So when a guy gives you a masking, it's not yours. Vermeer Salva, what do you mean it's not yours? Kavachoymer. 
Yisrael Yisrael Kani, if you have the ability to take the mashkin and it becomes yours when a Jew gives you the collateral, Yisrael Menachol Kolshkin, certainly when a non-Jew gives it to you, it should be yours. When a non-Jew lends money to a Jew, and he takes the collateral from the Jew, he takes the chametz from the Jew. You hear? The non-Jew never retains ownership of the mashkin. When a Jew gives a mashkin to a non-Jew, it doesn't become the non-Jews. You don't have l'chati etzdaqah. The Torah says, the Torah puts that collateral in the rishus of the lender only when the lender is a Jew. But when it's the reverse, when a non-Jew lends money to a Jew, the Torah never gave the Jewish article to the guy. Tanan, how does this fit in with our Mishnah, Rabbi Yisai? Nachrishil v'Yisrael ha'chametzai. It says Mefurish in the Gemara, in the Mishnah. That if the lender is a non-Jew, that means that it did become the non-Jews. The Chamez became the non-Jews. So you see from our Mishnah that the Mashkin becomes the non-Jew, even though he's non-Jewish. And he doesn't have the Chati Even though, okay, fine. So we already established that the Jew put the Chamez in the guy's house. Great. Hamez, Nachim Yisrael Ikani. But you said that it never leaves the, the Jewish possession. possession. It's, the, it's, not the, it's always the Jew. Jew doesn't lose it. So here comes the third and final condition of the Mishnah. When the Mishnah says that when a guy lends money to a Jew and the Jew gives the non, non-Jew a bunch of donuts as collateral and he places it, we said already, okay, step number one, he has to put it in, in the guy's house. And step number two, he didn't pay back the chayv. Step number three is that when he gave him the donuts, he said, these donuts should be yours from today, Aleph Pesach, from today. If I don't pay you after Pesach, then it's yours from the beginning of Pesach. But he has to say it. If he stipulates that it's his from the beginning, okay, then it's the guy's from the beginning. Not that the Torah took it away from the Jew and gave it to the guy, but the Jew himself gave it to the guy by saying it should be yours from this moment. How do you know you can make such a distinction? You say Marshall, you don't say Marshall. This Anya. If a guy gave this special bread, it's a large bread, the Purni bread, that's made in a very large oven. So if the Jew is in possession of his bread, it's the guy's bread. The guy gives the Jew collateral bread. Now let me just ask you real quickly. Who takes collateral a loaf of bread? I won't eat, personally, I won't eat bread when it's uh, three hours old. A day old, forget about it. So I'm borrowing money for, I don't know, a week, two weeks. I'm going to give you a bread. I'm going to take a bread from you. And how much is this bread worth already? So I came up with Mari Degachap. I figured it out. Here, let me show you. We're talking about these flat breads, right? So there's something in the bakery. This is half the size. It's actually this big. This I take on skiing trips. Why? Because this lasts for a month, literally a month. It also doubles as a weapon. It's hard like a rock. And as skis. If you... So th- maybe the Gemara is talking about this. This is such a hush of bread. It lasts forever. What? 
Who is that? Is that Avi? Avi. I'm trying to explain what bread lasts for 30 days. Here, this thing lasts literally for 30 days. Oh, it's already half. We're, we're done with the Gemara and Pesach. All right. Uh, but, but we don't have time. Yeah, the Iraqis have bread. Oh, and these are the Iraqis. We're talking about the Iraqis. A couple of years. Okay, great. There's such a thing. Yeah. Pas Purni, Zokrashi, it's a very large bread. Pas Gdoilo, Hafuyo, Betanur, Godo. So I'm saying, I'm trying to explain why do you need a Tanur Godo? Because it's a meter long, the guy told me. It's a meter long. If you want to see one, go to Basis Roll in the Nechama's Bakery. Here in the Nechama Bakery, they chop it in half to ship it here. Anyways, Pas Purni, Roll in the Says, who cares if he said, take it? Don't take it. What's the difference? Oh, take it doesn't mean take it. When he says take it, he means from the first minute. Oh, my clock is off by two minutes. It's already 8 o'clock. I didn't clock. Okay. You have a restaurant that's owned by a Jew, and everything, all the merchandise in the store, in the restaurant is Jewish. And all the waiters are non Jews. They go in there. So if you find a sandwich under one of the tables, it's a Jewish sandwich. Certainly you're not allowed to eat it. If it's the opposite, if there's a non-Jewish restaurant, and everything you own in the restaurant is non-Jewish, and the waiters are Jewish, you're allowed to eat anything sandwich that's found there. We have to assume that it's all the... We should stop here by the Mishnah. Let's keep on going. Easy Mishnah. We had this already in this Mesechta. Says the Mishnah, You have chametz that's not in your control anymore. A wall, ruins fell on top of you. You can't get to it. You don't have to do beer chametz. You're not over your own, you can't get to it. If the dog can't get to it, then it's not yours. If the dog can get to it, we have to be concerned, says the Gemara. You must say, that you're making this chametz, whatever it is, wherever it is, what if the dog uncovers it, or the, 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 the ruins will uncover over Yantif? Where could the dog reach? So you have to make sure that there's at least three tfachim of rubble over your chametz. If somebody lends you, uh, asks you to, to watch his money, you must put it under the ground, and if you don't put it under the ground, you are over, you have to pay him back. Is it like Chamez, you have to go down three Over here, it's smell. So, because it's smell, you need three Tvachim. Over there, it's to get the money away from the robbers, so you don't need three tvachim. So from the place called Sichra says, you have to put it on the ground, tefach. However, if you have my friend's dog, who's a dollar bill sniffer, then of course you have to put it down, three tvachim. Have a wonderful day.
Which story? Oh, the one when I when I drank the water. Yeah, what about it? How was I supposed to say it? Yeah, but I was a little I was a little concerned that people shouldn't say that I'm stealing from them, you know, the whole Is it but it's lunar. Don't we go by we don't go by uh, what do you call it? Rabbi said, I don't care. I, I, I have a better question. David, David, I have something more important to know. I want to know. I, oh. David, David, I have, a, I have a more important question to ask you. Were the cartoons for, this, for the story, did you understand the story like that? Did you understand the case? Did it help? Because to say, to say seven, eight steps is like, it worked? You think it helped? Just to see it on the thing? <clears throat> you, I saw you didn't, you didn't like that whole, uh, the rubbish, the chap of the Gemara at the end. Maybe, maybe, huh? Right. That's, that's the text of the Gemara. Dr. Alan Listas, how you doing? Long time no see. <clears throat> I don't miss you. I'm on every day. Sometimes on YouTube. Okay, listen. It's what? It's one o'clock in the morning by you guys. Reb Pesach, I saw, I saw that article. I saw that article. I know, it, it, it gave me chizuk actually. It gave me chizuk. It's Givaldic. I thought it would be good for the Chabur to see it, to review it. Yeah. 